my favorite part of the job is whenever I sit in in the support groups and I watch the patients talk about their relationships with their epileptologist. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Health Careers with Dr. Martin, a podcast show that pulls back the curtain on what a career in health and wellness is really like. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Martin. Okay, so here's a question for you today as it relates to our upcoming guest. How do nurses, doctors, and other healthcare providers learn about services at a nearby institution? Now, it's one thing when you're affiliated or you work in an academic center or a medical center, a big medical center, because amongst those professionals, there's communication and you're learning about what each service could provide your patients. But in private practice, sometimes you don't have such readily accessible information or the resources. In today's episode, we're going to learn how one of those people reaches out to private practice doctors, nurses, and other healthcare providers and helps educate them about services that their patients could benefit from. And the person I'm going to talk to is an outreach coordinator. Today, we're going to talk with Amelia Strahan. After receiving her political science degree at University of Southern Mississippi, she had a number of internships and jobs that allowed her to work with the U.S. House of Representatives, Fox News, and NBC News. She also worked in communications, handled social media for a pharmacy, and nearby healthcare facility in her home state. Currently, she's the outreach coordinator for the Division of Epilepsy under the Department of Neurology for Mount Sinai Health System here in New York City. This was a wonderful interview and at times touching as her job also has a personal impact for her as well, as you will soon learn. All right, let's jump into this interview with Amelia. Well, hello, Amelia. Welcome to this episode of Healthcare's with Dr. Marn. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'd love to have you explain what exactly do you do in healthcare? Yeah, so I am the outreach coordinator for Mount Sinai's epilepsy program. So essentially, that covers some marketing as well as our um, external communication. Amelia, when you were first hired for this position, what were you originally supposed to be doing? Because this, you were hired pre-pandemic. Yes. So my original job description, it was supposed to be very face-to-face. My job was to go into different clinics, primarily neurologists outside of Mount Sinai's network, but also different primary care providers and telling them about the services that Mount Sinai's epilepsy program offers, telling them some about the care we provide and our, you know, epileptologists, our doctors. That very much became not an option after COVID-19. So I think our team, you know, we were thinking, so how can we adapt to the times? How can we change, you know, what I was originally supposed to be doing and tailor that to a completely remote world? So that's whenever we started exploring other options. Our Facebook was, you know, a little bit outdated. It's something that we just hadn't developed. So that's when we thought, hey, this could be a really great tool to, you know, educate people on Mount Sinai and our epilepsy program, not only neurologists and physicians, but also just to the public, people that might not know about us or might not know all of the services that we offer. So my original job description, it was 
very face-to-face. And I think that Mount Sinai and our team has done a really good job of kind of transforming that into, I mean, something that works digitally. Right, right. And so how did you pivot from from your initial job description and responsibilities? And how did you pivot into what you're doing right now besides the Facebook and social media? In the beginning, when COVID started, there was a real need for assistance with telehealth visits, which are such a good option right now whenever you don't want to risk exposure if you don't have to. We use a program called MyChart, which has been very successful with patients and their visits. So that was, you know, my outreach was actually put on hold for a couple of months because that was the matter of urgency, right? Making sure our patients are getting the care that they need. So I kind of took a break from my original job to do some outreach on that, call patients, inform them uh, what my chart is, what our telehealth visits can offer them. And that was kind of our transition. It was just finding what the need was Mm -hmm. and filling that need. Got it. Are you working very closely with people in the Department of Neurology and Epilepsy, dealing with the doctors, nurses, and other staff, or are you like in a separate division? I'm actually in the same office as the, um, or the same side of the hospital as the epileptologist and our nurses and nurse practitioners. And that's been such an incredible experience because they're all just amazing. So I'm so glad I get to work closely with them and, um, kind of see their patient interaction. I'm I'm really grateful to be on their side of the hall, I think. Are you actually seeing patients as well? So you No. at all in in your in your work? So I'm not not in any way on the clinical side. I do get to help with outreach for our epilepsy support group, which is something fairly new. It started since COVID-19. Um it's something that we started with the neuropsychology team. Mm-hmm to help patients cope with epilepsy and then also the stresses and isolation of COVID. So I have gotten to do some outreach, reach out to some of our patients and sit in on the sessions. So I've actually had an opportunity that I wasn't expecting to interact with patients, but not on the clinical side. I see. So more you know, out of the office, but still interacting with patients who have epilepsy at Mount Sinai. Yes, yes. That's given me a really good chance to kind of learn what some of them are going through. And I think it's kind of given me a more holistic view on epilepsy in general, just kind of getting that interaction. I would imagine it gives you a better sense of how to do your job when you're talking to these patients, learning what they're dealing with, any challenges they have. I presume that's that would help make you better at your job. Oh, absolutely. And I think um, it's kind of given me a little more of a view into their relationships with their doctors. So, you know, I know one side of the epileptologists, but getting to hear them talk about their relationships, I think it's really kind of given me a view into um, how important the epileptologist's job is with their patients outside of just care. Also, I think on an emotional level. Right. For your job, you have to market and promote the information about epilepsy and how to reach out to people who are suffering from it and and therefore make that connection to Mount Sinai. That is essentially what you're trying to do? Yes. Mm-hmm. Are you helping out any other patients besides epilepsy patients? Not at the moment. Right now, it's it's just epilepsy patients. How are you reaching out to some of these epilepsy patients during this pandemic now that we're in? 
So I make a phone call, just a personal call to the patients, and I tell them a little bit what the epilepsy support group is and just give them a little bit of background. And then I send them some follow-up emails with some information and a Zoom link. And the ones that are interested, they attend the group. And the ones that aren't interested, I reach out to every few months to see if they've changed their mind. I see. So in some way, you're also a point person for a lot of these patients just to communicate with. Yeah, yeah. In a way, I think so. I think they're comfortable reaching out to me when they need something. And um, that's a that's a nice place to be with the patients. What is your typical day like, start to finish? Yeah, so it's it kind of it changes day to day. So right now, like the three main areas that I'm working on, it's kind of revamping our social media, mm. and that's a new project, assisting patients with their telehealth visits, and then, like I said, the support group. So it's kind of a culmination of those three things throughout the day. Some days, depending on who my meetings are with, it'll be a little more tailored towards getting our social media going, making the schedule for that. And you know, our support group, which is on Thursdays, if it's towards the end of the week, my responsibilities revolve around that. So day to day, it's just kind of a combination of whatever project is taking priority on that day. By the way, what is this support group that you, you've mentioned? What is that? Yeah, so we've reached out to some of our patients. Originally, we heard from a lot of our patients that COVID-19 was really taking a toll on them Mm -hmm. because having epilepsy is such an isolating feeling. Awareness is not promoted. People talk about cancer. People talk about diabetes, but people don't really talk about epilepsy or not that often and not in my experience. So that's already something that makes them feel isolated. And then when we were in quarantine, especially, you know, in March and April when it was cold and no one was outside, everyone felt isolated. (laughs) So I think, of course, it was such a stressful time for everyone, but I think it put an extra stress on patients with epilepsy. So are you able to do that appropriately through like Zoom and other video chat? program? Yeah, yeah. We do it through Zoom. And like I don't I sit in, I don't have as much contribution because I'm not on the clinical side. So it's our neuropsychologist and some people on her team. Um they're the ones that really facilitate the group and you know interact with the patients and discuss the things that they're going through. So I know you talked about those three kind of areas that you're doing for your work, but when does your day usually start and when does it usually end? Do you work weekends? Do you work after hours? Yeah. So right now I'm nine to five, which is really nice being new to the city. It's a nice transition. So I really kind of try to look at my day and figure out what needs to take priority. If we have patients that are, you know, some that are confused with how to check into their telehealth visits. If we have a lot of patients that day, then the majority of my focus is going to be towards helping those patients set up their telehealth visits and make it as stress-free as possible. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, but then on another day, it might be, you know, scheduling out what our October posts are going to be on Facebook. Again, it kind of depends on the day, but it's, it's nine to five. I try to figure out what's going to take priority that day. And then I just get to it. This is your first job in healthcare, correct? So you have to learn a lot about neurology and epilepsy then to catch up. Yeah, I worked briefly at another hospital straight out of college, and I had an internship in marketing at a hospital back um, in my hometown. So, but that was, it was brief before I got here. So actually just some background. So me and my three siblings, we have epilepsy. I have been very lucky to not have a seizure in a very long time. But, you know, it's funny whenever I was looking for jobs, 
And I was looking at hospitals and marketing and I saw, you know, epilepsy program outreach coordinator. I was like, wow, I know a thing or two about (laughs) epilepsy. (laughs) So um, that was actually, it was just kind of a funny coincidence. I saw epilepsy program and I was like, well, that's fitting. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So there's definitely been, there's been a lot of things that I've learned in the marketing realm and the outreach realm and, you know, just working on a team. But I will say, I think I had my epilepsy knowledge covered (laughs) before starting. I see. So it wasn't like you're starting from scratch because you had that personal experience. Right, right. I I knew the medication names and the procedures and those things. Well, thanks for sharing that, Amelia. You know, that's sometimes very personal information. So I appreciate you sharing that. And because a lot of young people who may be younger than you need to also be aware that that you're doing well and, and moving on with life, even though you have this diagnosis. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think if more people talked about it, and I don't fault anyone for not wanting to Mm -hmm. discuss it, because that's personal to everyone. But I definitely think if more people did talk about it, and it was more, you know, more of an awareness initiative, I don't think it would be as taboo as some people think it might be. Right. Amelia, what is the most rewarding part of your job? Oh, that's a good question. So I definitely think that it's rewarding just getting to be in this position. But I think my favorite part of the job is whenever I sit in in the support groups and I watch the patients talk about their relationships with their epileptologist and just getting to speak with the epileptologist about what they do. I've had an opportunity to work closely with Dr. Singh and speak a lot with Dr. Fields and Dr. Marcuse, just to name a few. And whenever you, yeah, whenever you hear about them talk about their jobs and their patients, they're just so passionate about helping their patients and they're so good at what they do. Um, And so I think it's kind of rewarding, even though I'm a little more behind the scenes in a way, just to watch what they do and see the impact they have on their patients. And it's rewarding to just be able to witness that. You know, I don't know the other epileptologists, but as you know, Dr. Madeline Fields was a guest on this podcast and she is, she's just so dedicated and it's really an inspiration for people who are suffering from epilepsy to, to, to know that there's someone like that, that really cares about them and is truly trying to help them out. And she's really dedicated to her craft. So it's really awesome that, uh, Oh, Dr. Fields is lovely. Yeah, she's... <laughs> She's so, so great. And if you hear her patients talk about her, it's just all praises. Yes. Like you never have a patient that's like indifferent to Dr. Fields. <laughs> and it's not surprising because you know her, I know her. It's like, oh, of course, it makes sense, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, is there a part of your job that maybe is not your favorite part of the job? I definitely haven't had anything that I disliked. I think that it's been a little disappointing starting in the middle of COVID. Mm. I'm not unhappy, but I'm definitely looking forward to being more out with people. But it's definitely not something I don't enjoy. I'm just more um, excited about what's to come when life is a little more open and normal. Would you say your work-life balance is pretty good? Yeah, I do. And I definitely think the people in the department have been very gracious to let me work from home and just avoid that exposure. And I think that the ability to work from home has been a really great transition for me, learning how to prioritize my personal life, my social life, and also my professional life. And that's something I'm not sure I would be as good at balancing if the department hadn't been gracious enough to let me do my job from home. Shifting gears a little bit, would you recommend this career for students? 
And if oh, what type absolutely. of students you think would do best in this kind of career? Yeah, so I definitely think, I mean, the thing about college is your major is important, but not that important. <laughs> so I, I think if you are good with people and if you're good at, you know, being able to manage your time and prioritize and most importantly, effectively communicate, I think this career field would be fantastic for you. For me, the medical field, that's something I've always found really interesting. You know, I've spent a lot of time with (laughs) doctors and in hospitals Mm -hmm. and things. So I think that if it's something that you're interested in, but like you have no science or math skills, (laughs) I definitely think it's a really good way to be, you know, involved with medicine without having the clinical experience or those responsibilities. What do you think the future outlook is going to be like for your profession? Yeah, that's a good question. I am, you know, kind of exploring all of that right now. But at the moment, I'm really just kind of trying to learn as much as I can and do my job as well as possible and just kind of be a sponge and soak up all of the knowledge that I can. So the future, I guess we'll kind of, we'll see where that goes as I continue to grow in this position. Amelia, how did you get into this position? Were you thinking about going to healthcare and and being in outreach when you were in high school? No, what's funny is I was actually, I always knew that I was going to be a reporter from the time I was like, like two. I was, I was going to be in broadcasting. But anyway, I, I did some really cool internships in broadcasting yeah. and that was a super exciting field, but just different doors opened up after college. I, I did do an internship at a hospital in marketing and I was like, this is something that I really enjoy. Um, so it was kind of like doors just opened as they did. And I walked through the ones that opened. And so when you were in college, you were still thinking about being a reporter. And then you found other opportunities. How did you get into the opportunity you had now? I think I learned a lot from some of my other internships, the ones in broadcasting. I did a couple in politics um, on Capitol Hill. And I think the one thread that, you know, from all of those job experiences that I had, the one thing in common was I enjoyed the communication aspect of it. And I enjoyed the relationships I formed in all three of those job positions. So whenever I went to look for jobs outside of college, I looked in a lot of different areas, just all in the communications realm. And, you know, I enjoyed the hospital. And so I think it was just, you know, just kind of happened after college. You know, I enjoyed all of these experiences and this was just like a good mix. So your intent wasn't to go into healthcare necessarily. It was really more the marketing, the communication aspect. And then there's this opportunity that came up that was even related to something that is personal to you. And that's when you kind of reached out to to this position, this outreach position. Yeah. So the second semester of my senior year, I did, like I said, I mentioned I interned at a hospital in marketing. Yeah. And so that was when I was kind of like, oh yeah, this is something I think I'd really like to do post-grad. So I did kind of make that switch over to healthcare marketing towards the end of college. It wasn't what I originally thought I would do starting off school. And plus you moved here from Mississippi too. Yes. (laughs) And how was that transition moving to another state for a job? I think it was really exciting. I Not the ideal timing two months before yes. a pandemic, but it, I, it was really exciting for me. I love the pace of New York and I love the diverse communities. And I've thoroughly enjoyed working at Mount Sinai. 
And I feel like that was a really welcoming atmosphere for me. So it was definitely a transition, but I would not say that the learning curve was was too much to take because who wouldn't want to live in New York City? (laughs) It is a lot of excitement here. I want to kind of go to a different segment and I like to call it Dr. Marn's lightning round. (laughs) Okay. Let's uh, hear it. Some questions and um, love to see what your answers are. All right. You ready? Yes. Texting or talking? Talking. What's your favorite car? Oh, I like the subway. (laughs) I don't like driving. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a car though that appeals to you? I'd probably get like a a crossover BMW. Oh. Something. (laughs) Which is funny since uh, you like subways now that you're in New York. (laughs) Oh, well, I've never liked driving. Since I was like 15, I hated driving. Really? I would ask my mom to take me places at like... 19 years old, which was super lame. Um, so yeah, I love the subway. I don't have to drive. Thanks for sharing that. That's (laughs) awesome. Place you most want to travel to. Ooh, I'd love to go to Paris. How do you hope you're described by people when you're not around? I hope I'm described as kind and respectable. Which do you prefer logic or creativity? Logic. (laughs) If you could sing one song on American Idol, what would it be? Oh, oh that is such... <laughs> oh, I'm tone deaf. What Good thing would we're not I... asking you to sing it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think because I can't sing at all, I would just go like all out, like Respect by Aretha Franklin. Wow. Um, wow. I mean, if I'm going to sound bad in any song, I think I'd rather go big. Go big, go or, big go or go home. Do yeah. it force. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what game are you really good at? I am really good at two truths and a lie. Were you thinking a different game, like a board game? No, that's fine. <laughs> On a scale of one to 10, how strict were your parents? 15. Whoa, really? They were, yes, they were They were strict folks. That's for sure. They still are. I'm still like a, a little bit scared of them. <laughs> you want to get, you can still give a shout out to mom and dad though. Shout out to mom and dad for making sure I didn't make any crazy decisions because you would have hunt me down and I was kind of scared of you. <laughs> and finally, Amelia, would you rather not brush your hair ever or your teeth? Oh, my hair. I would you rather would... never brush my hair. Real? Okay. All right. How can people reach out to you and learn more about you and what Mount Sinai is doing for epilepsy? Yeah, so I would suggest either going to our Mount Sinai Epilepsy Program website, or you could look us up on Facebook, and that's Mount Sinai's Epilepsy Program. You'll probably will be the first one that pops up. Got it. If you wanted to learn more about me, if you find that interesting, um, <laughs> you could just go to linkedin.com slash in slash Amelia Strahan123. Got it. All right, Amelia, thank you so much for participating in this episode. I think it's great. I think yes. it's great what you're doing. I think a lot of people will learn that healthcare is not always about being a doctor, nurse, and other people like yourself reach out and help people in many different ways. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. All right, everyone. That's our show today. To learn more about today's guest mentioned in today's interview, visit healthcareerswithdrmarn.com or HC with drmarn.com. Of course, if you like what you've heard on the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review the show 
on your favorite podcast app and device. Thank you so much for listening and catch you on the next episode.